thankful for spiritual things. Yeah. Uh, things I believe sometimes are often overlooked, and they right. shouldn't be. They shouldn't be overlooked. And so we started off with being thankful for the church. And uh, boy, you should be thankful for the church. Amen. Amen. Uh, what a joy and honor and privilege that it is to have a place that you can still come to have church. Right. Uh, we're not here to slap a hot dog in your mouth and give you a pat on the back and, and everybody leave the same way you come. But the Lord meets with us and we have church. And I'm, I'm thankful for that tonight. Yes, uh, that we still have church. Amen. But then the Lord has directed me and I think this is the most important thing that you should be thankful for. And that's to be thankful for Christ. And uh, where would we be without Him? There would be no church. There would be nothing. And so we're preaching through the book of Colossians in chapter number 3 on that subject tonight, being thankful for Christ. And so I want to begin reading tonight in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Colossians chapter number 3 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Paul writing to that church of Colossae, If you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. That's, that's speaking to those who are saved. Ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory, mortify Therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil uh, concupiscence. I'm doing better. Amen on that word. I'm doing better. Uh, concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. Verse 6, for which things sake the wrath of God. Think about this. The wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Everybody uh, wants to claim that, well, God's got to love and He loves me where I am. I got news for you. Uh, the only thing God loves about any of us is His Son. Uh, if, if you're saved, that's what He loves about you. It's nothing to do. Me and Brother Seth was talking today, and I, I'm burdened for a fellow that lives at the foot of the mountain where I deer hunt, and uh, and I, we, he stopped me in the road. He he makes a point to, to stop me. I just met him this year, and I got talking to Brother Seth. I said, that's a good fellow right there, but he needs saved. Uh, and I was telling him in these mountains, in this, in this area that we live, there's a lot of people... When we think about the world, we understand that it's all those who are lost. But around this area, they're almost separated from the world in morality. Uh, they're moral. They, they're not going to thug and steal and, and, and murder. Like when they think about the world, they think about Louisville and, and places like But uh, what they're clinging to is not enough. Uh, right, our righteousness is as filthy rags. I don't care how good that we are. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And there's a difference in being separated from the world, trying to push back and being sanctified from the world and sanctified to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul makes this very clear here. He said, The wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Look in verse 7. In the which ye also walked. Past tense, notice that. Sometime when you lived in them, but now, somebody give me a hallelujah or an amen. But now ye also put off all these. Now, not only have we stopped some things, but we need to start. We need to put off some things, but we need to put on some things. What's he say? Uh, he says this. Uh, where was that? Verse, verse 
Verse 8, But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filth, communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man, look here, with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him, that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Pay attention to that. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. How many of y'all give me an amen? You're going to have to forbear some people. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there's people that's going to go to this church that do now and that people that are coming that, listen, we, you learn to forbear. Uh, you know my thoughts on, on, on people that are just hard. Sorry if I'm bothering you that I'm being honest. Some people are hard to be around. Can I get a witness right there? Let, let, me, let me put it on redneck vernacular. People get on my nerves. Can I get some help tonight? Uh, some of you get on my blame nerves. Help me somebody. And I get on your nerves. What do we do? Forbearing one another. Amen. Look here. Why? In verse 13. And forgiving one another. Why do we do that? If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ, not Muhammad or Buddha or Joseph Smith or Confucius or anybody in between. But Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, we've already had a good list. But above all these things, put on charity. Does everybody see that? Which is the bond of perfectness. And let, that's where we spent our time this morning. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body. Look here. And I'll stop for sake of time. And be ye thankful. Does everybody see that? Uh, can I say tonight, there, there's a whole lot to be thankful for. But if nothing on the whole planet uh, qualified to be for us to be thankful for, the Lord Jesus Christ is enough for you and I, listen now, to not take a day and be thankful, but to take our lives and live a life of thanksgiving, live a life of thankfulness for one reason, if for no other reason. Well, can I say when you're having a bad day, you can still be thankful for Jesus. When you're broke as a joke, you can still be thankful for Jesus. When you're laying in a hospital bed and they're telling you you've just got a few more months to live, you can still be thankful for Jesus. And so, if the Lord will help me tonight for a few moments, I want to continue through this and preach on that thought, being thankful for Christ. Pray with me and for me, please. Father, we do love you and we thank you, Lord, for the good spirit that we feel. Thank you, Lord, for the honor and the privilege that it is to stand one more time. Now, Lord, if you don't help me tonight, God, I'm, I'm sure uh, to fail. God, I am, I am certain, Lord, to, to make a mess. And God, I, I, within myself, it is a proven fact, Lord, that I absolutely cannot help nobody in this room. But Lord, if you would use me, and God, if you would give me unction and power, and not just preach through me tonight, but preach to me as you preach through me, Lord, and move the hearts of your people 
And God, better our church and make us stronger, Lord, and help us. Uh, Lord, I'd be the first to thank you for it. Now, uh, God, I believe that it's your will that we go away tonight having received something from the Word of God. So please, Lord, speak to our hearts from your Word and put your blessing on it. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. Being thankful for Christ. Again, just to lay some foundation, if you've not been here, it is right here in our text where the Apostle Paul is addressing this church of Colossae. Can I say I find one main theme in this chapter specifically? In chapter number 3, the word Christ is mentioned over and over and over and over and over again. And there's two mentions within the text of being thankful or offering our thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, the Bible said in verse 17, look there if you like, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of who? The name of the Lord Jesus or Christ. He said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look here. Giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. May I say tonight, there is no, there's not even an effort of thanksgiving according to our text without the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get some help tonight? There's absolutely no thanksgiving. There's no being thankful without our risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul has put the emphasis, I believe, on two things. And that is Christ and not only what He's done for us, but once you're saved, what He does in us. Amen. I'm glad God has done some things for me. But even better than that, ain't it good to feel that He's done something in us? Amen. Goes right there. And because of what He's done and because of who He is and because of uh, the, the fact that he knows me and I know him and the truth has set you and I free as born again believers our lives should be lived in thanksgiving for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, can I say Paul begins by exhorting them to set their affections on things above I, I don't know about you but this world gets more foreign and gets more false and gets more fake and that uh, stresses me out can I get some help tonight I mean you can't go through Walmart friend without having uh, to worry about everything in the world you, you you can't do nothing in this world anymore with any peace of mind but can I say I'm glad hallelujah that my peace does not come from this world but my peace comes from another world and my peace does not come from any man or any ministry but my peace uh, uh, comes from God almighty who sits on his throne even right now. I'm thankful for a lot of things tonight but before all those things I'm thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe Paul makes it very clear that we must make heaven our aim. We must make heaven our scope and we must make our lives alive seeking the favor of God and striving to keep both communion my friend a union and communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. I was talking again today with Brother Seth. We've 
spend some time together. And we got talking about the favor of God. And boy, I'm telling you, it's been said a thousand times about Josh Griffith. Uh, people look at the things I have and the clothes I wear and the truck I drive and everybody thinks I'm walking around in money. And I ain't. I'm broker. And I'm telling you, I'm so broke I can't pay attention most of the time. But I'm going to tell you what's on my life. Now, you can like this, lump it, bump it, or jump it. But the favor of God has been placed on my life. I'm telling you, the favor of God is on my life. I, I can't help that. I'm not taking glory for that. I can't draw. I can't uh, obtain. I can't inherit God's favor. Uh, but the, through living a life of being faithful to Him, let me say something. This just don't go for me. It goes for us. God is always faithful. And I'm telling you tonight, I'm glad that I can set my affections on things above because even the things that I attain in this life, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. My hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. I'm telling you tonight, above all things, I'm thankful for Jesus Christ. Christ. I'm telling you, I bless His name. And so we find with Christ at the forefront, heaven will then, the end result of Jesus being at the forefront of your life, you know what the result of that is? Heaven will not just consume your mind, but it will consume your manners. Listen, heaven's not just an afterthought to me. Isn't it a shame that heaven's just nothing more than a the, nothing more than an afterthought to a lot of people? Isn't that a crime? I mean, help me tonight. Isn't it a shame that the heaven don't mean nothing more to people than an afterthought of life when life ends here? Listen, I'm not just focused on heaven because I got to die, but my life right now is affected by heaven. My affections right now are in another world. So how can we long for a place we've never been? Because the very one who created it lives in us, and that's how we can sing songs like I'm. I'm homesick and we can say we're just pilgrims passing through when God saved you you became a fellow citizen and not just an heir to God but a joint heir to glory be to God to Jesus Christ and he's more than just the savior of my sins tonight he's so much more than that without him there's no hope and without him there's no help and without him there's no heaven and Without him, there's no holiness, and without him, there's no healing, and without him, there's no happiness, and without him, I have no home. But because of Jesus, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. I may not have a whole lot down here in the eyes of some, but if you can see what's waiting on me on the other side, I'm telling you tonight, I'm thankful for my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul has laid out, and I mean, it just don't get no better, of reasons why we are to be thankful for Christ. And I'm skipping over this as I've been preaching through it, and so I'm not going to re-preach all these, but, but I do want to mention them, and if God stops me, He just stops me again. Help me somebody. Amen. I want to say, first of all, just by way of reminder, we are to be thankful for Christ, number one, because of His personal relationship. Amen. I, I, I mean, listen, this thing's personal. Why do you act the way you do? Because that's the way it's bubbling in on the inside of me. 
I just, you know, I just don't, I don't know about all that si uh, uh, shouting and singing. And, uh, uh, you know, every now and then I get so happy I have to run. It's either I run or I'm going to punch somebody. Help me right there. I mean, it's that or I'm going through a wall. I'm kicking. I'm, there's been times I've got so happy in the Lord. I have imagined myself throwing the pulpit through the double doors. You ought not be that way. Hey, friend, if you get a real good look that hell was supposed to be where I was ending up, but Jesus came to a seven-year-old boy and he took time out of eternity just for me. I know he saved you and that's good, but it's special that he came by and he saved me. It's personal when I can't depend on nothing or nobody. I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says this question, this phrase in question form in verse 1. He says, if ye, if ye. And I say people that don't know Jesus are going to have a hard time being thankful for him. I, I don't care how much you've heard about somebody. If you don't know them personally, it, that the connection's not there. Paul says, if ye then be risen with Christ. I don't have time to preach all this. I want to re-preach it every time I, I mention it. I'm telling you, it's good. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. It's personal. If ye, not if your church, listen to me, not if your mom and daddy was raised and you, raised you right, not if mamma was a Holy Ghost woman, not if papa was a deacon, not if your brother-in-law is a pastor, but it's you, it's personal, it's you and the Lord. If ye then be risen with Christ, it's personal tonight. Number one, we've got this phrase turned around. I said this, it's personal, not that we've received Christ. Help me somebody. It ain't that you received Christ at all, but glory to God that Christ received us. I'm happy that He would receive somebody like me. And I never have, I never have the ability really to receive Him. Come on, somebody. And I know that's, by, that's church terminology. I, I just want to thank the Lord. It's, it's so good I received Christ as my Savior. But listen to me. We need to quit saying that. We ain't received Him. Help me, somebody. We believed on what He done in receiving us. Hey, I'm about to get happy. We he received us at Calvary. He's seen me and he's seen you. He knew every bad thought. He knew every bad step. He knew every bad word. He knew every bad place. He knew all your sin. Yet he crawled up on a criminal's cross. And he died for my sin. It's personal to me tonight. It's personal to me. And I'm thankful for him. Yeah. Because it's a personal relationship. Yeah. You were received by Him. You were redeemed by Him. You were reconciled yeah. by Him to Him. You, you realize, listen to me. If you'll ever wrap your mind around Jesus, it'll, it, you, you, you won't be able to contain this. Did you know God did not reconcile us to Him for us? Right. Think about this. God did not reconcile us to Himself for our benefit. And how many of y'all would give me a, a whoop right here? It's a benefit. Yeah. 
We have benefited greatly and eternally from reconciliation between us as sinners, born in sin, choosers of sin. We're double sinners. Uh, that, that we're, that's why I, was, uh, uh, what's, I slipped my mind. 118 says, uh, Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Uh, your sins are like scarlet because scarlet literally is defined as twice dip. So we are as scarlet. It's almost impossible to undo scarlet. It stains to the very core and the soul. But my friend, we're dipped once by nature. We were dipped in sin by our birth. You were born a sinful man or a sinful woman. But then on top of our, uh, our, our sinful nature, we're sinners by choice. I mean, ain't nobody makes us sin. We choose to sin. Yet the Lord redeemed us and reconciled us not for our benefit, but because He wanted to love us and He wanted to save us and He wanted us to live a life that pleased Him. It's personal. It's a personal thing. Not only are we reconciled, but my God, I could, I could preach point one again tonight and be fine with it. But we're resurrected. Notice what He says in verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ. Listen to me. The grave is not the stopping place for the saint of God. Because not only is the resurrection, it's not just an event that we celebrate in March or April, but Jesus said, I am the resurrection. There's never been another man that's overcome death and overcome the grave, but because he has and we are dead with him and the Bible said uh, our life is hid with him and we're hid in verse number 3, you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Listen, because we are hid with him and our lives, our old man, that old flesh is dead, we're hid away with Christ. One day, this old vile body will be resurrected from the grave it will reunite with a soul in the clouds and God will then take an old defiled mortal body and He'll fashion it, liken it unto His and our glorified body will be given to us in that last resurrection when the Lord Jesus Christ gathers the saints together in the clouds and ever shall we be with the Lord. Amen. If that don't make you thankful for Jesus, then friend, you just don't know Him. You can't know all that and know Him and not be thankful. And so thank, thankful, number one, for a personal relationship. Thankful, number two, for Christ because of His permanent reward. In verse 1, He says, Seek those things which are above. Notice this, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And it says, Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. And so we, we went to looking at uh, this, this, this reward and what we're to set our affection on. And I, I'm thankful for crowns and I'm thankful for all that, that we get, if you will, uh, when we get there. If you're faithful and you serve the Lord and, you, and you've done what you're supposed to do, uh, those words, man, that won't mean something special. If if we're, uh, if we're told when we get there, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's a blessing. And the Bible says that our works will be tried by fire, whether it be of gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. Will they burn up? Will they remain? If they remain, we're rewarded. But what do we do with the rewards? We pass our rewards at the reward. Listen, He is the reward tonight. I'm thankful for Christ because of His permanent reward. The Bible said in Matthew 5, 12, Rejoice 
place and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. Everybody wants to think about a nice crown or a golden mailbox. Help me somebody. I mean listen, I'm, I'm looking at poor country folks and it's going to be a reward to walk on streets of gold. It's going to be a reward to brush up against walls of jasper. It's going to be a reward to walk through gates of pearl. I mean help me somebody going to heaven. Uh, that's a reward in itself. I can't imagine getting a crown or a jewel or a ring or something. I can't imagine getting something uh, because God says I'm proud of you. Well done. I mean that's a reward. But the greatest reward in that heavenly city is not a street of gold, a gate of pearl, a wall of jasper or a crown uh, to cast at his feet. The reward, the theme, the center point, the focus, uh, everything is centered around one reward and it's the Lord Jesus Christ listen to me and that reward will never ever fade away it's a permanent reward it's a permanent it's easy to set your affections on things above and not things on the earth if you'll get to thinking about what your reward really is verse 2 set your affection on things above not things on the earth. Look in verse 1. Seek those things which are above. And then Paul gives us a comma and just feels like he ought to mention this. The Holy Ghost felt led to mention this. Seek those things which are above, comma, Paul's where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Yeah. Ain't y'all glad we ain't worshiping fat Buddha? Yeah. Help, I mean, help me somebody. Please act like this is real to you. It is to me and it ought to be to you. I walked in uh, Wild Wayne down there just a couple months ago. Some of y'all have heard me tell this. In front of God and everybody, there's probably 30 people in there at least. These, these, these Chinese ladies were bowed in the door. As soon as you walk in, their little Buddha's there. And they, I don't know what all they do, burn incense around or something. I don't know what they do. But they were bowed in front of everybody. Right, thank you. And they were doing whatever they do to Buddha. And I thought, my God, we can't even get church people to act like they enjoy right. church. They don't go out in a public setting and worship God. Lord help them. I, I mean, you can't get Christians to worship God in church when the world's, the world's not even in here. I mean, Christians are afraid to worship in front of other Christians. You might as well say amen to me. That's the truth. That is the truth. And I got so convicted. I, the Lord, I, I left. I ate and I left. And I, I got out to my truck. God said, you really going to let that woman worship a, a fake, false, man-made, fat Buddha and not tell her? I said, Lord, why are you doing this? There's 30 of them in there and I've watched too many movies to know they all know karate. Only karate I know is if sometimes it looks like that's what it says on the buffet at the Chinese, and I just get me a scoop of karate and throw it in the plate. And I thought, I'm in trouble. God said, Are you really going to leave here? Nope. Here I go. I walked back in. I said, Ma'am, it's I, it's I. Come on, laugh, y'all. Don't be so tired. You need to go. You need to go. I said, No, I know I'm full. I just, I need to talk to you. Okay, okay. I said, ma'am, I couldn't help but notice when I walked in, right in front of everybody, I said, you were bowed down at the foot, <clears throat> worshiping. I said, I'm under the assumption that's Buddha. I guess I heard it's Buddha. 
He said, I said, ma'am, can I, can I tell you something? Best I know how. I said, that's an idol. And that's an image. And I said, ma'am, this Buddha can't do a thing in the world for you or anybody. And listen, it must have been family reunion day. I'm telling you the truth. I said there was 30 in there. I meant 30 Chinese people. Serious. As soon as you walk in Wall Wing, there's a set of tables right there. None of us ever get set at them. That's for the Chinese family. And they were all there. Uncles and aunts, papas, I mean, everybody was there. Mr. Miyagi had a core, they was all there. And I'm sitting there talking to this lady, and they're all listening to me. I said, Buddha can't do nothing for you. I said, but ma'am, I'm trying to leave here. I, I'm not here to insult you or your family or to mock. It's not what I'm doing. I said, because people mock my God. I'm not trying to mock your God. I'm just telling you, your God is dead. And I said, but 2,000 years ago, Amen. there was a man that hung on a cross. That's it. He died, hallelujah, for the sins yes, of the entire world. I said, he shed his blood, ma'am, on the cross for you and all your family. And I said, they, they, I said, they tried everywhere in the world to shut him in. They put him in a grave. But you know what? I said, unlike Buddha, on the third day, he right. and checked the food. Yeah. Yeah. I said, your food is empty. And I said, man, I'm going to yeah. tell you that Jesus loves you. Yeah. He loves his family. He'll save you. He'll cleanse you. And I don't think you half understood me, but I did what God told me to do. And left out of there knowing ain't it good to know that we've got a permanent reward. Yeah. And yeah. He lives forevermore. I'm glad I'm not caught up in religion. I'm in a personal relationship with the permanent reward. And we are people really are more devoted to their false gods mm. than we are to our living God. Yeah, oh my. Mm. Help us, Lord. I wonder how many y'all get down in a restaurant on your face and open your Bible. Don't even say nothing, just open your Bible and read it. How many of us, how many of y'all are just ashamed to even take time and, and listen, I I hate to be honest with you, I'm the world's worst for failing to take time to pray over my food. I know you expect more than that from me, don't you? It's my flesh. I love to eat. Okay? And I forget a lot. I just take a fork and I dig in. But I bet not one day goes by that that woman forgets to go and do whatever she was doing. Guaranteed. Yeah. You realize that oh, there's there's people in other countries that wake up at three and four and five o'clock in the morning, never miss a beat, to worship their God who is dead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally never seen this, but I've talked to, to, to men that's been overseas, and uh, I want to say I want to say South Korea is is one of the places I think it is. They they will, they will host a evangelistic outreach and meetings and try to win those people. American preachers go over there and preach the gospel. And they said that there's been churches started and planted from, from those efforts. And some of them run four to 5,000 people. We're talking about our God. 
They've been saved by our Lord, our Jesus. Help me about that. He is yours, ain't he? Okay. And they will get to church at 5 o'clock in the morning. 5,000 of them. At 5 o'clock in the morning and have church. And then they come back at 10 and have church. And then they'll come back at 2 and have church. And then they'll come back at 5 and have church. Then they'll come back at 8 and have church. And if we have a week's revival, one service a day, people's ready to pull their hair out. Right, right. And they've got the same Jesus we got. Right. Are you listening? Yes, sir. I'm trying to tell you our focus is on everything and everybody. And oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. But is he really your reward? I never got past this on Wednesday. Yeah. Is he really your reward? Yeah. Some people, you know why they go to church? I said this. Friendships. Yeah. Right. As long as go. I don't believe most statistics, but statistically, they say, up to somewhere 80% or so of people admitted on whatever survey that was taken that the church they go to, their choice of church is based upon the friendships that, that are within that church. Can I say something about friends? Friends go bad. Yes, sir. Good people turn out to be not so good people. Faithful people turn out to be not so faithful. Yeah. Look around. There's been faces missing now for some of them several weeks. Right. And if they're the only reason you're here and they're not, yep. you're not. Amen. Next time you know. People go people go to church. Some people go to church for the preacher. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, old brother Josh, I mean that you're not here to be so let down at this point. We gotta be get stuck there. We gotta go over Josh expecting us. While that's partially true, listen to me. I'm not the reward. Right. Man. I mean, are you listening tonight? I'm pastoring. I'm trying to pastor you and tell you this thing's going to be about one person. And it's not me and it's not one another. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who died and purchased us, the church, with His own blood. He is our reward. You want to know why people can't focus on heaven? They're not thinking about who's sitting on the throne in heaven. It ain't hard to put your affection on things above when Jesus is consuming your mind. Amen. Help me somebody. Ain't nothing wrong with things. I like things. Ain't nothing wrong with things. Ain't nothing wrong with hobbies. I like hobbies. Ain't nothing wrong, ladies, with, 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 with the, whatever y'all do. Ain't nothing wrong with all that. But if it takes the place of the Lord Jesus, you are in trouble. He is our reward. Thirdly, I got I to gotta move past this. You ought to be thankful for Christ because of your promised reservation. It's promise. Look in verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him. Where? Hallelujah. I'm in the way bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. That's not just good church vernacular. That's Bible. I am on a, I'm on a path that leads me to a place called glory. It, it's heaven, but it's glory. Help me somebody. That's a, that's, a, that's a word that I feel like has been expired. 
People afraid to say glory to God anymore. People afraid to say I'm looking to I'm looking forward to going to glory. But let me tell you something. Paul lets them know that there's a promised reservation. Can I say if you're saved right now, you ought to be thankful for Christ because you're dead. Uh, you're dead and your life is hid with Christ. And because of Christ, our life is hid in God. And He too is hid away. Where is He hid right now? He's hid away in glory. But one day, not the right sure but the second coming he's coming back and he's bringing all the saints with him and he'll sit on the throne of David and he'll rule despite what your uh, people in your family think we are coming back and we are ruling and reigning with Christ for a thousand years there is a millennial reign I'll be here if you ain't gonna be here it's because you didn't make it friend hey I don't like riding horses but I'm gonna kick the daylights out of that one on that day baby we're gonna spur that thing and ride straight into town with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords at the front of the pack. I'm telling you, we're going to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. He's going to sit on the throne of David. Won't nothing go through unless it passes through his hand and all eyes will behold him and everybody will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords. The King of Kings. I've got a promise reservation. The Bible said, and after these things pass, rule and reign for a thousand years, the great white throne, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, the Bible then says that God's going to destroy this world yeah. Yeah. by fire. Yeah. And God's going to create a new heaven, a new earth, and they're going to be combined. It's New Jerusalem yeah. coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. And God's going to spend eternity with us and we're going to spend eternity with Him. But can I tell you there's only one way that's possible. The Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. I've got a promise reservation tonight. I ain't got time to preach all that again. So let me give you this one. This is a good one. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ tonight because of His perfected righteousness. Look with me in verse, t- verse 5. This is, man, I, I, can't, I can't hardly move any further, seems like. Verse 5, the Bible says, Mortify therefore your members uh, which are upon the earth, and that, those members, this is what you, if you let yourself have your way and you just do what you want to do, here's what you're going to end up producing right here fornication. Yeah. So you might as well say amen right there. Yeah. Some of y'all did what you wanted to do. You know what the end result was? Yeah. Fornication. Amen. What else? Uncleanness. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, inordinate affection. Oh, yeah. Evil concupiscence. Covetous, which is, we spend a lot of time right here. Don't make me re-preach this. Covetousness, which is. And then it goes on to say, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. Can I tell you something? As a child of God, you can, you can still commit fornication. Yeah. But listen to me. You are not a fornicator. 
That, that's a little too strong for some people. When God saves you, He changes you from being what you were, a sinner to a saint. We all say this. I'm trying to correct some terminology right here. We all say it, but it's wrong. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Wrong. You are no longer a sinner. You can say, I was a sinner, but I've been saved by grace. Yes. We are no longer sinners. I got Bible to prove it. We are saints. Right. We commit sin in this old man, which is hello, which is dead. How did he die? On Calvary. Amen. If you're saved, he died on Calvary. Not only did Christ take your sin, he became your sin. Yes. And when God saves you, you are a new creature yes. in Christ. Now this old flesh is the sinner. Yes. This, old, this old man is the sinner. But who God sees in you, he does not see a sinner. He sees the saint of God. He sees the blood of his only begotten son. And listen, there is perfected righteousness. Give me a Bible. I'm going to show it to you. Look, look, look here in verse number, verse 7. Uh, he, he, he says this. He says, In the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these. And it gives another list. Look at verse, uh, verse number 9. I am not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. I want you now to take your Bible to the book of Romans. I, I, Brother Seth, we, we, might, we, we might get through this. We might not. This is where we left off, right here. There's just so much left to say. Look, look in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter number 6. I, I don't know about all that. How, I mean, really, how in the world is, it, can I, can the Lord look at me and see perfection? I'm going to show you. If you're saved, You've been washed in his blood. Romans chapter number 6, verse 1. Are you there? The Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? What did Christ say? You're dead and your life is hid in him. He said that we are dead to sin live any longer therein. Know ye not? Verse 3, or verse from that. Verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Look here. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Does everybody see that? Yes. I'm not up here preaching things that just I feel like saying. Amen. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from what? Sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, it's a parallel, it's a mirror. To what we just read, Colossians 3. Right. We're dead in Christ, our life's hid with Him. Verse 8. If we be dead with Christ, we, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more, death hath no more dominion over Him. Wherein that He died, He died unto sin once. Yeah. 
Hello. He died unto sin once, but now he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon also yourselves to be dead, look, indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look, here it is. Right here it is. Right here it is. There's this word let again. But it's let not. Let not sin therefore. Because of this. Because of what? Jesus. Because of Calvary. Right. Don't understand that. Right. Because our old man, if you're saved, your old man, that old creature, that old nature, died on the cross with Calvary. Or with Christ at Calvary. Okay? That's why he says in verse 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your... That's your stinking, rotten flesh. Hello? So I tell you, how are we going to crucify our flesh? You've got to tell this self of yours that you look at in the mirror every day. Hey, Joker, you you done died 2,000 years ago. I ain't about to let you get up today. Amen. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lesser thereof. Neither yield ye your what? What did Paul just deal with in Colossians 3? Members. Remember? Fornication, uncleanness, all those things. He says, Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves, that's you and everything about you, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, hello, and your members as instruments of right, what's the word? Righteousness. So have you got righteousness tonight? Yes. In Christ. It's perfected. In Christ. My righteousness, this man you see. See, you don't see the new man. He's, he's living in here. Now, this old man, he's, he cleaned up a little. But if you stick around long enough, you'll find out he ain't, he ain't really, he ain't always cleaned up. Amen. I'm sick of lying Christians, lying preacher. Don't you act like that. If you hang around me long enough, you're going to be highly disappointed. You with me? Because you're going to get sick of this fellow. Okay? But we're dead to this fellow. Yeah. Right. See, so we make excuses. Well, I've got the flesh. Well, okay, I say that too. But yeah. technically, he says, "Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body," yeah. because that means dead. Yeah. No, we do. We go back. We try to revive that old nature, that old man. Bring him back. And the Lord, He died on Calvary. We just read that. Look at verse 13. Neither yield your members of instruments unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Look here, 14, 14, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. Somebody yeah. shout amen. Yes, sir. Well, brother, I just can't help it. Yes, you can if you're saved. Yeah. I don't make somebody shout. Yeah. There is an option. Yeah. There is a way out. Well, I do, you know how temptation is, brother. Yes, I do. I fight it just like you do. But the Bible lets us know in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 that Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. And it's through him, by him, because of him, within him, that there's never a temptation. The Bible says that he does not make a way of escape. That's why we read stuff like this. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, Look here, somebody act like a saved Baptist in a, instead of a dead Presbyterian. What then, verse 15, shall we sin? Because we are not under law but under grace. 
God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants, look now, to obey his servants, ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto what? So what's that fourth point? Why are we thankful for Christ? Because of his perfected righteousness. Okay. Verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were past tense. You write in your Bible. You need to circle the word uh, word and you need to and you need to highlight it and you need to underline it and you need to put exclamation points beside it. And star and check mark and smiley face. Because it says, ye were, that means used to be. The servants, same word as slave. Don't know why sinners have no choice? A lot of people you love keep doing the same thing over and over and over and going to jail. They don't want to go to jail. Why do they keep losing their kids? Why do they lose any job they get because they can't never pass a drug test? Why, no matter how many promises they make, do they keep hitting on one another and maltreating? No matter how many times they take that boy's cell phone or wolf him or ground him from his truck, the very next time he gets the opportunity to say, why? He's a slave. There's no choice in the matter. Y'all with me, ain't you? So I'm against turning over new leaves. So I'm against what I'm making a New Year's resolution. Now, now listen to me. We can't, that ought to be proof to you that me and you can't change. Every year, you say you're going to lose 15 pounds and you gain 20. Do your resolution, I ain't drinking pot. You might not that night and the next day, but then, oh my gosh, this headache is just so bad. You shotgun a Coca-Cola. Yeah. Help me somebody. Yes. Because we in ourselves have no power over ourselves. Right. We're slaves to our nature, which is a sinful nature. Look here. Verse 17. God be thanked that ye were servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then. When? When you believed. You believe. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of what? So now we're slaves again. But I'm not mad about it. I'm a slave under righteousness. Where does righteousness come from? Jesus Christ, who I just so happen to be thankful for because his righteousness is perfected. And therefore, any good thing that you ever see come from me actually come from him. And likewise, when so-and-so gets up and sings a song and it blesses you, thank God for so-and-so. But more than that, thank God that so-and-so has yielded their instruments unto the perfected righteousness of the Lord Jesus. And it's not nearly necessarily them that's stirring you. It's who's working in them and through them and whose hands on them. And it's His perfected righteousness that is pleasing to you. Verse 18, being then made free from sin, he became servants of righteousness. Paul says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Right. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to the iniquity and unto the iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were freed from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? That's the way that works, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I ain't buying all this business of I'm saved, but man, I just I still love my beer. No, sir. No, I ain't buying that. 
Your flesh may still love you here, but something changes in you that you hate that you, your flesh still wants that. Are you with me? Come on now. New preach, old things pass away, hold all things come in, that's still in there. All right. Verse 22, being made free from sin and become servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, and death of God is eternal life. Through who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Perfected righteousness. We're not going to get past this one, okay? I'm about done. But I want you to look at some other scriptures with me. Look, look, look back with me. Or no, excuse me. Look forward with me in uh, Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. You know, my job as a pastor is not to... And we have them. We, we have them. We have them where we shout it out. We have them where we run the aisles and hug and cry. And we have those services, and that's good, and I ain't against them. But this is my job, is to feed you. It's my job to walk you through these scriptures and let you know what Paul said in Colossians chapter number 3, why you're to be thankful for Christ, and then show you further. I'm giving you nothing but Bible. Look in Romans chapter number 8. Look in verse number 1. This is a man, I'm telling you, this would literally help to make anybody just rejoice and be thankful for Christ. Amen. Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now... No condemnation. Yes. I've got one yes. There is not, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in who? Amen. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness, in the likeness, He was just in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. How can you overcome sin in the flesh? Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, put on flesh and He overcame sin. And it's not our power, but it's because we're in Him. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. Our life is with Him. Our life is in Him. Our life is through Him. Our life is hid by Him. We are dead because of Him, but we're alive because of Him. And because of Christ, I'm thankful, there is perfected righteousness that is available to you and me tonight. Because he, the Bible said, enforcing condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh, look here now, you have a choice in the matter. Put off these things, put on these things, let go of these things, let these things come into your life. It says this, verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded or be fleshly minded is death. It is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and what? Paul also said again, 
We, we focused on it this morning, Colossians chapter number 3. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You want to know why a lot of people don't have peace? Uh, the peace of God, they don't have peace with God. Not necessarily that they're lost. You know you can be saved and not have peace with God. How do you do that? Live in the flesh. That, that's why people go to church and they sit there and they endure it instead of enjoy it. It's because they're in their stinking flesh. And I'm trying to help you tonight. You can come to church and you can add church. By the way, there's a difference in being at church and having church. And as people sit here tonight, you won't have church because you're in your flesh more than the, the spirit. Yes, sir. You walk in the flesh, you're carnally minded, that's why you have no peace of God. Yes, Because the whole time, instead of rejoicing, you know good and well you need to be repenting. Amen. I need some help, boys. Brother Togo ain't here, so we got to turn the volume down. No, Come on now. No, sir. Amen. Don't do no, sir. And I've noticed, I've noticed that's how that works, though. Brother Dax ain't here. It seems like it's some of you boys, you just turn your volume crank down. Yeah. Is he your reward? No, sir. No. Come on. If he's here, he stands up, shout, you'll stand up, shout. If he ain't here, boy, I can't get a run out of you. Yeah. Help me somebody. Yeah. Oh yes. But Travis, that's why I ain't 500 here. I pastor. Yeah. But God, I'll answer to him one day. Yes, for how I pastor. Yeah. Now, I'm not just going to shake hands and, and, and give you a sucker every week. Some weeks you need to be told, quit operating in your flesh. Yes, that's right. why you don't have peace of God. You're right. There is perfected righteousness. Yes, sir. Dear God, I mean, ain't somebody glad that there is a choice in the matter? Thank you, Lord. So that jumped all over me. Guess what? You can change it tonight and it'll never, it'll never affect you that way again. Amen. Amen. Look, look, look in verse 6. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Look, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject... To the law of God, notice this, the carnal mind, neither indeed can be. People that are carnal and their minds are carnal, whether saved or lost. Can I tell you, my friend, according to what we just read, their mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. They will, I don't care how much I preach. I told Brother Seth this today. Y'all have got all of our conversation today. You are receiving it tonight. I said, Brother Seth, in the ministry, I got victory in this one area. I said, for the longest time, Brother Travis, and you know this, 15 years, that's double what I pastored. So if anybody knows this, this man right here tonight knows what I'm fixing to say is true. I used to run myself ragged trying to figure out why I would sow in and preach truth and tell people. And sometimes they wouldn't even make it till midnight. And they do the exact opposite of everything I just said. And they call me want to know where the Lord is in the life. Yeah. I, and I said, it, it bothered, it used to consume me. Why in the world do people do what they want to do? And here's when I here's how I got my victory. I accepted the fact. I used to fight this fact. I've now accepted it. And that's why I have victory. I've accepted the fact that you all do what you want to do. That's right. That may not make sense to you, but it makes sense to me. Yes. There was a long period of time there when I first started pastoring. I wouldn't accept that. 
I thought, well, bless God, if I preach it enough, if I counsel enough, if I mention it enough, if I send them enough text messages when they miss church, they'll quit missing. You know what I figured out? It don't matter if I text them every day. Right. Some people get mad if you don't text. Some people get mad if you didn't text. Amen. You know what I do? I don't do nothing unless the Lord tells me to. Yes, sir. Amen. You don't hear from me? It's because I didn't feel that the Lord reach out. And if I feel that the Lord reach out, just get mad. Amen. I don't know what to tell you other than I can't do nothing for you. I can preach that mouth straight, but it's up to you to respond. To what you heard. And when I swallowed that truth that God gave me, my job is to give you that truth. It is not my job to enforce it. It's not my job, my job to make sure you're doing what you've been told. When I finally got over that stage, and I don't know, maybe every pastor don't go through that, but I did. I'd wear myself sick. I'd see people just get just a one step to the left and I'd run to the right. Hey, 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 I won't talk to you about this. I, I'm just trying to. You know what I figured out? I'm killing myself and y'all think I'm nuts. People do. Listen to me. David Kilpatrick is going to do what he wants. I hate to tell you that. Bobby Disney, he's came to me about a job again. But can I be honest before God? You thank God for your pastor, son-in-law. He's the best father-in-law ever lived. That's the truth. He really is. He really is. But you know what I found out? You can ask me 